2 Samuel chapter 4 tonight. And David here in chapter 4 is going to be uh, approached by some men who think that they are doing the will of God and uh, they are doing it in the flesh. And that never goes well at all. Uh, It's a similar situation to what we saw happen in chapter 1 with the Amalekite that came to David saying that he had killed Saul. And here two men are trying to this this same approach as well. Uh, But David is not happy at all. David is a man after God's own heart. And here what was done was unethical and worthy of punishment that came. Let's let's start reading here in verse 1. And when Saul's son, that's Ishbosheth, heard that Abner was dead in Hebron, his hands were feeble, excuse me, and all the Israelites were troubled. What does this mean? Did he physically become ill? Possibly. But his, his hands became feeble. He had no strength anymore. Any this, this man that he was relying on for the last seven and a half years now was dead. And so his chance at, at regaining the kingdom was, was all through this man, Abner, uh, who was, who was, and, and all the Israelites around him that were leaning on this man, Abner, all are now troubled. They're all, all troubled. And, and uh, that should teach us something just in that first verse alone, that, that we should not be dependent on man when it comes to when it comes to uh, gaining things like like Ishbosheth was, David his trust was in the Lord, and that's why he waited those seven and a half years, and and all throughout First and Second Samuel really, and the and the Book of Psalms as we're seeing on Sunday nights, the two key themes that we keep seeing come up in David's life are number one trust in the Lord, hope in God, and secondly. There needs to be a humble, thorough dealing with sin. And this chapter focuses on the latter of those two. Before we get into things tonight, let's pray and ask God to help us. Father, would you help us even as we've talked already a little about uh, just the, the homosexuality that is rampant in our day. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would not just um, uh, be... be uh, with you on, on that type of sin, Lord, though you are very angered at what is happening today, Lord, I pray that if there's any sin in our lives, Lord, that we would look at it as you look at it and deal with it as you would. And so, Father, would you show us things tonight in your word, or thank you for the wonderful uh, word that you have given us to, to us here in the Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at verse 2 together. And Saul's son had two men that were captains of, of bands. The name of one was Baanah, and the name of the other was other Rechab. The sons of Rimmon, a Berathite, of the children of Benjamin. For Beeroth also was reckoned to Benjamin. And the Berathites fled to Gidim that were, and were sojourners there until this day. Now why are those two, two verses uh, important God gives us that information because Saul, the house of Saul, the line of Saul, was also from Benjamin. And so what's going to happen here is these two men that should have been loyal to Saul, if anything, are now about to uh, make, make one of the most treacherous mistakes and commit one of the most treacherous acts ever. Look at verse 4 with me. And Jonathan, Saul's son... 
had a son that was lame in his feet. He was five, he was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled, and it came to pass, as she made haste to flee and fell, uh, that he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth is going to come up later on in the book of 2 Samuel, in, in chapters 9 and 16 and 21. And we're going to see just the, the kindness that David gets to show to him, that he realizes that this is part of Saul's line. Saul was no enemy to David, and David gets to, to show that. But here, just for now, keep in your mind, take note that this is the son of Jonathan, Saul's grandson, that's, that is being referenced. And now in verse 5, the first major theme of this chapter is presented, that trying to accomplish something that, that, is, that, that God wants in the flesh is not God's will. It's not God's way of doing things. Let me say that again. Trying to accomplish something that God wants in the flesh is not God's will. Take, take soul winning, for instance. If you try, does God want people to be saved? Yes. But if we start doing that in the flesh and going about it in our flesh, thinking that somehow we can, we can lead them to the Lord without the, Lord, the Holy Spirit's enablement, without the power of His Word, there's absolutely nothing that's going to happen. There's no fruit that's going to be born out of us not abiding in the vine. Let's take a look at what these two men try to do as they try to turn over the kingdom to David. God's will, but they don't do it God's way. And the sons of Rimmon, the Berethite, Rechab and Baanah, went and came about the heat of the day to the house of Ishbosheth, who lay on, on a bed at noon. And they came thither into the midst of the house as though they would have fetched wheat. And they smote him under the fifth rib, and Rechab and Baanah his brother escaped. For when they had come into the, for when they came into the house, he lay on his bed in his bedchamber. And they smote him and slew him and beheaded him and took his head and gat them away through the the plain all night. And they brought the head of Ishbosheth unto David at, to Hebron and said to the king, Behold, the head of Ishbosheth, the son of of Saul thine enemy, which sought thy life. And the Lord hath avenged my lord the king this day of Saul and of his seed. And here they thought that they had done something, but this was truly the fruit of the flesh at work. And I understand that this is really dark. What we're reading is very graphic, and it's about to get even more graphic. And we're about to see the Lord through this all, even in this dark chapter here. The, when the flesh attempts to bring about God's will without waiting, it resorts to things that are not godly, not of God at all. And in this case, it was murder. They come to David thinking that he will think favorably upon them and that he will grant them some reward. And they think that Saul was an enemy of David. And again, we see that Saul was not the enemy of David at all. Saul was to David the Lord's anointed. And David knew that manipulating the circumstances to somehow gain himself the kingdom by unethical means was not the way God wanted things to operate. It would not have been reliance upon God. It would have been sin, no matter what good came of it. Now look at David's response here to the sin. 
starting in verse 9. And this is where the second major theme of this chapter uh, comes into play. David sees God as his redeemer and his deliverer. Look at verse 9. And David answered Rechab and Baanah his brother, the sons of Rimmon, the Berethite, and said unto them, As the Lord liveth, who hath redeemed my soul out of all adversity. Now at the end of verse 9 there, the sentence doesn't finish. But I think the verse is cut off for a reason there. As they were going through and separating verses, I think they wanted us to pause and realize who David knew the Lord was. As the Lord liveth, who hath redeemed my soul out of all adversity. The Lord was the one who was declared his redeemer and his deliverer that day before these men. These men who thought that that they were doing God's work, uh, God's way, realized that they, they had sinned greatly, that they had tried to do it in the flesh. And now they see how serious God is about sin, how big of a deal it is, and, and how we need to treat sin as well. We need to be as angry against sin as God is. Look at verse 10. And I just warn you here, it does get a little graphic, but let me remind you, this is Bible, okay? Verse 10. When one told me, saying, Behold, Saul is dead, thinking to have brought good tidings, I I took hold of him and slew him in Ziklag, who thought that I would have given him a reward for his tidings. How much more when wicked men have slain a righteous person in his own house upon his bed. Shall I not therefore now require his blood of your hand and take you away from the earth? And David commanded his young men, and they slew them and cut off their hands and their feet and hanged them up over the pool in Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in the sepulcher of Abner in Hebron. Now this is, again, very... You think, well, why did he do this? Why is he murdering them? You have to understand, in that day, God commanded, if there was murder done, this was before the new covenant, God's law was a life for a life. A life for a life. And these two men had taken the life of of a man who had not done any wrong. Yes, his trust was in the wrong place. Yes, you know, there, there was, he was trusting in Abner. But my friends, there was still time for Ishbosheth to repent and, and to seek God. I believe that was probably the heart of David to see Ishbosheth come and seek God. But here they take his life, and God commanded, This is how you deal with sin blood for blood. What does that show us about the redemption story? Does any, can anyone see it yet? Okay, for all of us. That's where I'm getting at. There was a life, the Lamb of God, that was slain for every single one of us so that the new covenant could take place. Even in, even in this dark passage of Scripture, the Old Testament that we think, I don't know if I can get anything out of it, my friends, Jesus Christ came and was that life for your life. And we see it right here in the middle of 2 Samuel chapter 4. Jesus Christ was the one who, who took seriously your sin enough to send the Savior at Christmas time so that he could live a perfect life and take your sin. 
That's, that's the exciting part of this dark chapter. Here we see then David, he, he's serious about sin in chapters 1 and chapter 4. Uh, but in closing tonight, what I'd like to do is revisit chapter 3 for a moment where we see an inconsistency in David's life and I believe a warning to our life as well. In chapter 3, if you just back up, Chapter 3, as we close here, Joab and Abishai were, were nephews of David, and their, their other brother, Ashiel, was killed in a battle with Abner. And because of that, those two men chose to murder Abner. And I want you to see the reference uh, or the, the response to this sin that David had. These were the remaining nephews of of David's sister, Zeriah. Verse 30 there of chapter 3. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, slew Abner because he had slain their brother Ashiel at Gibeon in the battle. Now skip down to verse 38. 38 with me. And the king said unto his servants, Know ye not that there is a prince and a great man fallen this day in Israel. And that's talking about Abner. Then David, David speaks again in verse 39. And I am this day weak, though anointed king, and these men, the sons of Zariah, be too hard for me. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his wickedness. Now the Lord doesn't condemn, them, condemn David here, so I do want to be careful, okay? And let's realize that we're speculating a little bit here. But realize that as the king of Israel, David had a responsibility to, uh, to, to deal with the sin that had happened in his own family. And throughout David's life, this is the one chink in his armor, is that he has a very hard time dealing with sin when it comes to his own family. And because he doesn't deal with it, later on, things come up to bite him in regards to Joab, in regards to Absalom, in regards to Abner, uh, in, in regards to uh, Adonai, the, the, other, the other people in his family. And so th- then they try to take the kingdom from him, as we'll see. But here he says, these men, these sons of Zariah, my nephews, they're too hard for me. God, you deal with them. And, and while that seems to sound good, it can also be the approach that we take in our Christian homes sometimes. Lord, they're too hard for me. My, my kids are too hard for me. Lord, you deal with them. And uh, it can be very easy for us to find fault in other people's kids and then not deal with our own and not, 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 uh, not deal with our own situations, our own homes. And uh, when it comes to dealing with our own family, may it never be said of us that we, we said it was too hard for us to look sin in the face and deal with it head on. As our kids start to grow older, I challenge us, especially as parents in the room here, even as grandparents with your kids and, and things like that, to, to not say it's too hard to deal with sin. But we need to see see our kids through in those moments. I'm learning as a parent myself right now, as I deal with sin, I make sure, Lord, would you help me to make sure that I am thorough 
not sparing the rod, not, not, uh, uh, not uh, rushing through something to where I don't see them all the way through to victory and be able to pray with them and, and, see, and see them you know, come out of the other side with a smile on their face, you know, realizing that God is serious about this. It's not just dad and mom that are serious about you know, me not hitting my brother. Okay, I've already had to deal with that, and I'm telling you, as they as they don't they don't understand as kids that that's wrong. You teach them, you know, that's a sin. That you know, when mom and dad say no, don't do that, and you do that, that's a sin, and that sin means hell. God is a very serious. You think cutting off someone's hands and feet are bad? Think about hellfire and how bad that would be if we don't teach our children in the way of the Lord. That is a very serious, serious thing. And teach them not just hell, fire, not just, not just how to find the way of the Lord, but then how to keep a right relationship with God and to find forgiveness and to find mercy. John, I'm going to end with this. John, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, if, if you know the verse, you can finish it with me. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Trust in the Lord, hope in God. But then that second key thing that keeps coming up through David's life, and it will keep coming up, is a humble, direct, aggressive dealing with sin the way God sees it in our lives.